Are you looking for ways to strengthen your marriage? Would you like to raise children you enjoy being around? Do you long for a peaceful, orderly home that's a blessing to everyone who comes through its doors? Then you've come to the right place. I'm Jennifer Flanders, a Bible-believing, homeschooling mother to 12 and host of the Loving Life at Home podcast. Join me as we discover what God's Word has to say about marriage, motherhood, and minding the things that matter most. Hello, friend. Thanks so much for joining me today on Loving Life at Home. As I promised you last week, Today, we're going to be discussing responding to negative comments about family size, because as I mentioned in the last episode, you don't really have to have a dozen children to draw these kind of comments. Don't you know what causes that? Boy, you have your hands full. You're a glutton for punishment. I'm glad it's you and not me. Are all these kids yours, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it seems like big families especially attract those kind of comments. And so we've dealt with many of them over the years. I'm going to divide my discussion today into two categories. One is responding to strangers that make that kind of comment. And the second is responding to family members and friends that might be not as supportive as you would like about uh, your growing family. So let's start with the easy one, the strangers first, because in my experience, most of the people that make these kind of comments, even if they're, they seem direct or rude, I think that they're just curious. Large families attract a lot of attention just by sheer size. And people often have questions about what makes us tick. And so I view those questions, even if they're awkward or direct or more frank than you would prefer, I think it's just their way of trying to open a conversation so they can find out more about your family and why you have as many children as you do. I think 1 Peter 3.15 comes into play here. It tells us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who slander you may be put to shame by your good behavior in Christ. Now, I feel like when strangers ask me about my family size, it's a great way to share our faith, to share our firm belief that the Bible is true, even when it says that children are a blessing and that God can be trusted not only with our salvation, but with our family planning and with every other facet of our life. So that has been my approach when answering questions of people that strike up conversations about our children. I don't feel like getting defensive about it is the right answer or answering in a snarky way. For us, we've just tried to be open and honest about our reasons for doing what we do. You may feel like that's none of their business, but I don't really mind having that conversation. I think children are a blessing, and I'm happy to explain that to people that ask and want to know why we've had as many children as we do. We like talking to people. We like sharing our worldview and sharing our faith, and this is just a wonderful opportunity to do it and a great conversation starter. So I normally don't get offended by people's comments. Although sometimes they do leave me speechless. I remember one time our family was checking out at a cafeteria. We used to eat at Luby's every Saturday morning. Kids under a certain age ate free. We had enough adults over that age to get 
one free kid's meal per adult. And so we would take the whole family to Luby's every Saturday morning to eat. And so I remember going through the line one time and getting to the end of it. And we had all the kids with us that day. And the cashier that was checking us out had never seen our family before. Everybody else was used to us by this time. And they knew what we ordered and knew us by name. But this person was new and was just amazed at how many kids we had. And so the gentleman looks at me as I'm checking out and says, do I need to buy you a TV? And that was the first time I had ever heard that comment, which I realize now he was saying, you need some other form of entertainment than procreating. But at the time, all I could think was, how did you know we don't have a TV? And so I stood there with this curious expression on my face, and I'm sure he had a hard time reading. And uh, I was just trying to work it out in my mind how he could know that about us before we ever met. And I looked at him so long. I wasn't Honestly, I was not trying to steer him down, but I think he got a little self-conscious about what he had said and started backpedaling and got uh, real red and embarrassed for having said it. But, but again, he was just trying to open a conversation. And so, so many times that is the case. We have people come up to us, especially elderly people, when we are out and about that will come and ask us about the children and how many we have and comment on how well behaved they are, which is always wonderful to hear encouragement from anybody. They will have spent their whole meal observing our family and they would encourage us that we were doing doing a good thing by raising these children. And if they had had it to do over again, they would have had more. The only time I've ever heard the opposite of that was also, again, in a lunch line at, at Luby's on Saturday, I overheard two women behind us counting heads and commenting, I'm glad it's them and not me. I only have two and I wish I didn't even have them, which is just such a heartbreaking testimony. And I thought to myself, I'm glad it's me and not you also. With that attitude, that just was so sad to hear. And I prayed for the woman. I didn't turn around or or engage her in conversation, but I did pray for the circumstances that would make her feel that way about her own offspring. So um, we travel a lot, and so we get comments all over the world. There for a while, it seemed like we couldn't go anywhere without running into Chinese tourists that were so fascinated by our huge family. And I don't know how many pictures we have posed for over the years and that were taken by and with Chinese tourists. I remember at Versailles, two little Chinese ladies uh, just being amazed that so many children could be in one family. This is from a country that at the time was still limiting their citizens to one child apiece. And so to see a family with 10, 11, 12 children was just unheard of. And they asked if they could not only take our picture, but pose for pictures with us. We laughed that they were going to take them home and show everybody what it took typical American family looks like. But we've had that kind of encounter at Niagara Falls and Paris and every corner of the world that we've traveled with our kids. People are intrigued and understandably so. Having a big family is not the norm these days. And so I feel like an ambassador for big families when I answer these questions and I'm willing to field such questions. Fortunately, I'm married to a man that loves to make 
friends with strangers as well. And so we have never had a problem with fielding those kind of questions. Now, for the most part, our family has been, at least my side of the family, has been pretty supportive of our having a lot of children. They might have questioned the fact that we announced it as early as we did every time we had a baby, but um, the, another one was on the way. But they love the kids and are uh, fully supportive of our having so many. And so I didn't really have to deal with negative comments on my side of the family. Now, as I talked about in episode two, my husband's family would not react so graciously. But after so many pregnancies, they realized that their protest letters were not doing any good. So they eventually abandoned that tactic, for which I'm very grateful. And we get along wonderfully with his parents now as I detailed in episode two. So you can go back and listen to that if you want tips on getting along with in-laws who question your family planning practices. I got a letter from a reader who is dealing with this kind of negativism in her family, and she wrote this to me. I'm curious as to your response to negative individuals as your family grew. My husband and I are considering a third child. When both of my sister-in-laws found out, they immediately treated me like I had grown a third eye, and one went so far as to inform me that more children meant I could do less and less for the ones I have. I was discouraged because I believe children need love, stability, and the knowledge of Christ more than stuff. Will you share how you would or did lovingly handle those who want to discourage a growing family. Thank you so much, Amanda. I love the fact that her heart is to handle the sister-in-laws lovingly. How do I graciously help them understand why we want more children? And the fact that that is her heart towards her sister-in-laws is going to make it so much easier for her to deal with those negative comments in a gracious and God-honoring way. So here are the suggestions I gave her for responding to them when they say hurtful things. First, I advise giving the benefit of the doubt. Assume your family's comments are coming from a place of love for you and concern for your well-being. After my third child was born, my dear father took my husband aside and tried to convince him to get a vasectomy without my knowledge. I was incredulous when my husband told me what my dad had done. And if Doug had taken his advice, then I probably would have had a harder time forgiving dad for that attempted intrusion into our personal lives. But as it was, I reminded myself that that third pregnancy was by far my most difficult. All my pregnancies are pretty easy, but on the bell curve of easy that I have, my third was not anything like some women have to go through. But I had a hard time walking the last two or three months of that pregnancy. I felt like my pelvis was just going to split apart every time I took a step. So although my father's worry was unwarranted, he was genuinely trying to protect his daughter by giving what he considered to be wise counsel to his son-in-law. And so instead of Focusing on what my dad said and getting upset about it, I thought about why he said it, and that made it easier to respond graciously, which in that case involved me just keeping my mouth shut 
and treating him as if I didn't know what that conversation was that he had had with my husband. But I think that if you can assume that they are speaking out of love and concern for you, it will be much easier for you to frame your comments in a way that is gracious and forgiving. Then my second bit of advice in dealing with negative family members would be to hold your principles in humility. Again, anytime you make a choice that differs substantially from the choices that your family or friends are making, it can put them on the defensive. They will interpret what you're doing as a commentary against what they're doing. And that's especially true with parenting choices. Are you going to use birth control? Are you going to leave the family planning up to God? Are you going to deliver at home or at the hospital? Are you going to deliver with or without an epidural? Are you going to breast or bottle feed? Are you going to stay home with your baby or go right back to work? Are you going to choose public, private, or home education? All of these decisions have the potential to drive a wedge between you and your family members if the family members have chosen differently than you have. So you really have to go out of your way to assure your family that you are not trying to pass judgment on their decisions. Everybody is different. Even with birthing so many babies, again, God really blessed me with a body that can conceive and carry the babies. I don't get real sick. I don't have difficult deliveries. I don't deal with a lot of postpartum depression. I have a stable marriage. My husband has a stable job. Our babies have been healthy. We're healthy. If any of those things had been different, then we might have done things differently. But for us, it made perfect sense to keep having babies because it was not a burden in any of those ways ways like it is for some people. So I've always tried to make it clear that I want to encourage you, if you feel called to have a large family, I want to encourage you in that. But I'm not here to convince somebody that doesn't want a big family that they need to be doing that to somehow win brownie points with God, because I don't believe that. I would not want anybody to have a lot of children just to keep up with the Flanders. That's not going to be a compelling enough reason to keep you going when the going gets tough, because it is a challenge to raise this many children. And it does take work, but it's a rewarding kind of work for those who want that. And I want to encourage people in that that are headed that direction. I'm not trying to guilt trip anybody into that that has a different set of circumstances. So again, the list on the parenting options, oh my goodness, cloth diapers are disposable, bottle fed or breastfed, how you're going to discipline your kids. The list goes on and on and others are going to tend to interpret your choices to do things differently than they did as a statement against the choices that they made or are making. Even when you have no such comparison in mind, they assume that you do what you're doing because you think that your way is better. And guess what? They're probably right. I assume you wouldn't be doing this if you thought it was a foolish choice. Of course, you think what you're doing is good, and that's how it should be. But to keep peace, you've got to hold those convictions in humility. You don't have to apologize for these decisions, but neither do you need to be prideful or self-righteous about them. And in order to do this, I would suggest that as much as possible, you focus on the positives of your choices rather than the negatives of the alternative. So I would say, I want another baby because I love being pregnant or I miss nursing or I enjoy having a little one to cuddle, not because I think only children are spoiled.
spoiled or birth control is evil or having an empty nest at 40 would be unbearable. You understand? I'm emphasizing the good points, not the bad of the alternatives. And when you couch your discussions in those kind of terms, almost as a personal preference rather than a matter of principle, even if it is a matter of principle, if you couch it as personal preference, your family members are not going to feel as threatened by your choices. And when you take a genuine, heartfelt, non-judgmental interest in their lives as well, they'll be far less likely to write you off or freeze you out of their conversations because of the decisions you're making about family size. Then my third tip would be to understand the undercurrents. Keep in mind that there may be things that are going on in your family members' minds under the surface that you don't know anything about. You're excited about the prospect of having another baby and you're baffled by your family members' response, but that response may have nothing or very, very little to do with you. For instance, in the case of my reader's negative sister-in-law, perhaps that sister-in-law had had a string of miscarriages and her hardness was a facade to hide her heartache. Or maybe her kids are driving her crazy and she can't fathom wanting anymore. Or maybe your kids are driving her crazy and she doesn't think you can handle anymore. Or maybe her marriage is on the rocks and she thinks that the stress of another pregnancy might do it in. Or Maybe she's brainwashed by zero population growth proponents, and she thinks that having more than one child is a selfish abuse of natural resources. There are people out there that think that way. Or maybe she's struggling financially, and she doesn't think she can afford another baby. Or maybe she's dealing with guilt over a past abortion, and your baby talk is a reminder of a choice that she now regrets. Or maybe she has difficult pregnancies, and she doesn't relish the idea of being sick for nine more months. I've had friends that were still throwing up in the delivery room. I just cannot imagine doing that over and over and over again. Maybe that sister-in-law wants another baby, but her husband is resistant to the idea. Or maybe her husband's pressuring her to have a baby that she's not gung-ho about, and she is afraid that you're getting pregnant is going to add fuel to his fire. The point is there are all sorts of thoughts that are circulating in other people's heads that you're not privy to. So we should just be aware that those affect the reactions of our family members to the news that we're going to have another baby or we're trying to have another baby or whatever. So give them the benefit of the doubt. Hold your principles in humility. Consider the undercurrents. And then my fourth tip would be to treat them like you want to be treated. Again, that's so biblical. Jesus tells us to do unto others as you would have them doing to you. Even if you're 100% certain that the rude comments that you're hearing are not motivated by love and concern for you, and they don't stem from personal issues or griefs or doubts, do not give in to the temptation to respond in kind. Don't repay insult for injury. Jesus calls us to treat others as we wish to be treated and to do good to those who mistreat us and to turn the other cheek. And that even includes sister-in-laws who treat us like we're crazy when we tell them we're having another baby. Then my last point would be let your life win them over. Realize that it isn't an argument you're going to win in one afternoon. You're in this for the long haul and you need to convince your family members with your life. Be joyful, be loving and patient and content. Pour your energies into raising courteous, capable, compassionate children. Even if they don't embrace your choices, those family members will likely come to respect you for making those choices. And in the meantime, find like-minded friends. 
my own mother was a little uncertain about my having a big family and homeschooling all these kids. But now, oh my goodness, she is a firm believer in all of that and just sings our praises all the time because she has seen the fruit of those decisions and these wonderful children that we have had the privilege of welcoming into our home and seeing grow up to be responsible, caring, compassionate adults that are so competent and capable and such a blessing to us and to others. And so, again, that's not something that you're going to see in the course of an afternoon or a month or even a year. It is a long-term game plan. Playing the long game. That is what we want to do. We want to remain faithful. We want to raise up wonderful children that are respectful of others and are humble and thoughtful and caring. And when we do, even the most resistant family members are likely to come around. In the meantime, find like-minded friends who share your love for children and announce your pregnancies to those people first. You don't have to announce your pregnancies early to family members who are going to be negative and critical and send you lengthy letters explaining why this is a terrible decision to have another baby. You can just postpone sharing the news with them and tell it instead to people that are going to rejoice with you rather than rolling their eyes or launching into another lecture on why having more children is a bad choice. And if you don't have any friends like that, write to me. I would be happy to rejoice with you and pray for you as you bring another precious baby into this crazy world we live in. Thanks so much for listening today. If you have a question you'd like to hear covered on this podcast, message me on Instagram at Flanders underscore family or contact me through my website, lovinglifeathome.com. Before you go, if you've been encouraged by something you've heard on the show, do me a favor and forward the link to a friend or head over to Loving Life at Home on Apple iTunes to subscribe and leave a written review of the show. Your doing so will help others find me so they can listen too. Until next time, I pray the Lord will bless your efforts to build a loving home life centered on Him.